born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. We go back here to chapter 20 of the book of Acts. So time is moving on. And uh, he spent uh, some time there in verse 3, three months. And, of course, he makes a statement, the Jews laid wait for him. And so there's people that were determined they were going to kill the Apostle Paul. And then he, verse 5, he tarried uh, for us. Those going before tarried for us at Troas. So there's others who had gone ahead and they were waiting for them. Then in verse 6. And as we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together, so we know that the disciples came together first day of the week. The first day of the week is not Saturday. First day of the week is a Sunday. And he says... To break bread. They came together to break bread. So they were having a communion service. And Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Now think about that. You talk about some people being a long-winded preacher. But remember, Paul wasn't going to see these people for a while. This is his last trip through. And he's on his way, and he wants to talk to the elders at Ephesus, but he didn't want to take the time to go through Ephesus. So he was going to sail from there, you know, over toward um, Jerusalem area to Israel and going toward Syria. But he didn't want to stop in Ephesus, so he told the Ephesian elders to come and meet him. And it was about 25 miles and so forth away. So I, I imagine that either they met somewhere in the middle or they came all the way. 25 miles just to hear this guy. And so then he preached to those that was in Ephesus. But here he did something that was kind of interesting. Continued his speech until midnight. Now get this. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in the window a certain young man named Eutychus. Been fallen into a deep sleep. Well, can you blame the guy? Is it midnight? He'd been preaching for who knows how long. And they said, well, uh, you'd have cussed too if you'd have been in the wind and fell out. I don't think that's the part of his name, but he says, Eutychus, being fallen to a deep sleep, and as Paul was, <laughs> see those two words? Long preaching. 
Now, I don't know that the Holy Spirit rebuked him, and this kind of blows my theory out of the water that the Holy Spirit goes to bed at midnight, because I tell the kids that all the time at camp. The Holy Spirit goes to bed at 11. And uh, do you remember hearing that at camp? Yeah, lights out. Because there's no Christian fellowship after 11. Then I hear they stayed up to 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. They do it anyway. Nobody listens to the preacher. But you'll know who did it because they're asleep in the next class that morning. But he says, and fell down from the third loft. So he was way up high. And he fell asleep and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till break of day. Remember, it wasn't midnight. Now, they've been up all night long. And now, I th- how many people would show up tonight if I told them, I said, now we're going to go from seven until seven. How many people you think would love the word of God so much that they would be here? You would? Oh, me. I thought you was raising your hand. You can't even get them to come to Sunday night for an hour. What's that? <laughs> well, I was going to have a substitute. <laughs> I think about Peter Amato. <laughs> But uh, anyway, I'll move right along. Uh, But it says, until break of day, and then he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. In other words, they were greatly comforted. To have a person fall out of the loft. (laughs) I bet if I could do stuff like that, though, people would come and hear me. You think? I mean, if I could do something like that. You don't think that would work either, huh? All right. We'll just move right along. Verse 13. And he went before to ship and sailed unto Assos, there intended to take in Paul, for so had he appointed, and you ought to underline this part in your Bible, minding himself to go afoot. So we went by ship. Paul went by foot. And when he had met with us at Assos, he says, we took him in and came to Mytilene, and we sailed thence and came the next day over against Chios, and the next day we arrived at Samos and tarried at Troglisium, and the next day we came to Miletus, and Paul had, for Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted, if it were possible, for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. Paul had determined where he was going to be for the Passover. And so he was going to make sure that he was in Jerusalem. And so he was making his plans and places that he would go and places he would not go. Because he was determined. Then you come to verse 17. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And like I said, this is uh, 25, 30 miles away or so. And he called for the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, because he was not going to go to them. And imagine 
how far they traveled just to hear this man preach. And chances are they, they walked. Or they got in their Mercedes, you know. But however they got there, how far would you walk to hear a man preach? If you had to walk to church every Sunday, is it uh, close enough for you? You mean you wouldn't come? Preaching. <laughs> Who's preaching? <laughs> Dr. Polson, this is getting out of hand. Okay, this time Jesse is. I quit. But notice in verse 18. Verse 18. When they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Now this is also the manner that came, is uh, like in First Thessalonians chapter 1 and 2. He talks a lot about the way we were among you, how I treated you and what you said and did and how that I was like a, a, a nurse taking care of somebody that was sick. He says, and how I loved you, you know, so much with our own souls. It wasn't just the, the gospel that we preached, but it's the way we were among you. And so this is pretty much the same thing he's saying here. Verse 19 is a great verse. You ought to underline this verse. And it's a good verse on how, well, remember, humility is not just a position of the body. Uh, humility is a position of the mind. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. It means in subjection to the Lord, in dependence upon the Lord. Uh, the Bible talks about how that um, if we exalt ourselves, he will humble us. And if we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. And, um, and talking about how that God's children are lifted up with pride. And that's why he says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he will raise you up. So in verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. Now, sometimes we think, well, just serve the Lord ought to be just all joy all the time. But it don't work that way. Serving the Lord is still being faithful when it appears that God has let you down and nobody cares whether you live or die. Whether anybody accepts what you got to say or they don't, you still do it. Just be found faithful. I told the people up there when I gave the gospel at the funeral, I said, some of you are here because you are paying respects to, to Kitty. And I said, some of y'all know her and love her and appreciate her. And this is called a memorial service. And it's a memorial service because it's in memory of. And I says, I also have memories where I remember talking to Kitty. I've explained the gospel. And I also remember that a lot of you sitting right here, I bugged you to death. I would always be walking up to you and ask you, do you know where you're going when you die? Do you know where you're going when you die? I said, the reason that I did that is because the day would come when you're going to die. And then I won't be able to ask you. If I had waited until Kitty died to give the gospel to her and tell her how to go to heaven, it would have been what? Too late. I said, I can't wait till you die to tell you. And I believe that God knows who you are and where you are. And if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, I didn't bring you here. 
But I believe God brought me here. And he might have brought you here. And if that's the case, there's a good possibility he wants you to hear what I told her. And the reason he wanted me to do the funeral is because she knows what I'm going to say. I says, in just a minute, I'm going to take and use that little wallet that she's seen many times. So I explained that. And uh, because if I didn't do what I did, there's a lot of those people that would not be going to heaven. Whatever I am, all of my faults, however bad I might be, there's going to be a lot of people in heaven going to be glad that I was whatever I was, the way that I was. In your face, hard-headed, you know, sarcastic or rude or you name it. I don't get to care. At least I got the gospel to people that if I was any other way, I would not have got it done. So anyway, it was um, interesting time. Paul says, I preach the gospel unto you. I held back nothing that was profitable unto you. See there in verse 20, he says, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. In other words, whatever you need, I wanted to supply. That's why he says a little bit later, he says, I preach the whole counsel of God. In other words, telling you everything that I knew, everything that would help you, whatever would help make you strong. He says, that's what I did. But he also lets them know, I, I serve the Lord with humility of mine because, he says, I had a lot of problems. There was a lot of tears, a lot of temptations because of the Jews that were trying to kill him. That's in the last part of verse 19. So he says here in verse 20, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've showed you and get this, taught you publicly from house to house. Today we would say, and I taught you from radio to TV to internet, Facebook, whatever means possible. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says, by all means possible. So we have more opportunity. I got a couple nice letters and one that um, even sent a donation for the radio ministry from South Korea. Got it yesterday. Somebody in South Korea donated $75 for the radio ministry and gave her name. But it's in Korean and I can't read a word of it. And then another one that uh, did it from Great Britain sent a donation. For $7.75 from Great Britain. <laughs> Listen to the broadcast. But all, by all means possible. Um, Jim Blevins back there told me this morning. You know that little song that we did? Well, I, I wrote it on a Saturday and then that Sunday night uh, we, we did it. But it was recorded and so um, it was put up on the Facebook he put it on his Facebook thing, and you've had how many people listen to that one song? Over 700. And I don't know where all, what else did you just say? So, I mean, just, that's just one little thing. But uh, the messages that we have going out on, on YouTube now, they're, they're reaching everywhere. But the Bible talks about... By all means possible, whatever way we can do it. Now, I'll tell you what I'd like to see down the road. And it's going to take time, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a vision. I'd love to have about 20 guys that could go to nursing homes and do a Sunday afternoon nursing home 
uh, you know, chapel. Just go to the nursing home. Take a guitar and do a service for them. I've done that many times. I've done it down in Texas when I was going down to see Jane and Wally. I did it in Colorado. I did it when I was down in Miami as a student. And we also had a jail service. We had a rescue mission. I spoke at the rescue mission many, many, many times. And these old winos and drunks coming off the street get a chance to preach to them. And so we, we did whatever we could. And I got a chance to go to a couple of prisons. And then I went to a place for the youth, uh, I guess they were in a detention center. And there was about 500 of them there. And I got a chance to preach to them. We took the sounds of truth, not sounds of truth, the uh, spokesman. And we went and preached. They did the singing and the kids in there, they just, all teenagers. And I gave the gospel. It was easier to see how many didn't raise their hand than those who did. And uh, we estimate somewhere around 400. So, but there's so many ministries that we're not yet even touching that we ought to be doing and can do. All we need is just uh, the people that say, you know, I got a burden and uh, maybe I can just go on a Sunday afternoon and go to this place or I can go over here to this place. And uh, a person that wants to, it's time, but it's a sacrifice. You got to give up something to get something. And so in my, you know, college years and so forth, uh, I didn't have a life outside of doing this. I, I went all the time. I went seven days a week because I wanted to go. I want to reach him while I can, while I'm feeling, you know, good. Because I always knew the day may come when I can't go, and I, then i got to slow down. And uh, so far I'm not uh, too interested in slowing down, but I just want to do as much as I can. But i got to get other people to see that and say, you know, I could do that. I'd love to have a, a Spanish ministry right here. Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock, have a good Spanish preacher that was clear as we are. And they can go ahead and have another. You don't have to build another church. We already got some Spanish people that could maybe help work and get a Spanish church started. And, um, and, and, and people can give it up and support the person that does it. But I want to raise them up because I want them clear as I am, clear as Hank Lindstrom was. Spanish. Not just somebody that uh, can teach the Bible. No, I'm talking about somebody that teaches the way we teach it as clear as we do and makes the gospel clear and simple. And we may have to raise them up ourselves. All right. Who speaks Spanish around here? But Paul did everything he could, house to house, publicly. He did what he could do. Was there a price to pay? Just think. But he probably didn't get to go to the beach very much. He probably didn't get to go bowling very much. He probably didn't even get a chance to play golf very much. When I was over in Israel, I think they only got one golf course in the whole country. They ain't got no land. Might be just a par three, too. I don't know. Look at verse 21. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Repentance toward God. Change your mind. Think differently about what God says on how to get to heaven. That's why every man has to repent because every man needs to realize he can't save himself. Change your mind. You can't save yourself. And therefore, put your faith in what Christ did on the cross for you. Keep things simple. Use the simplicity of the gospel to understand complicated scriptures or verses that seems to say. Well, just find out what the clear verses say and use that. I told Trina when I was up there, she was asking me a couple of questions. I says, Trina, I says, 
A preacher that's clear one time and muddy the next time is really a muddy preacher. Being clear one time was the accident. She just put it on Facebook. She just put that statement on Facebook. And then I told her something else. <laughs> she put that on Facebook too. I made three comments to her and she said, wait, 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 wait. Not so fast. Now, what are you saying? And, I, and so she just put all three of those statements up on Facebook now. And I don't know how many people will read it, but she, she puts it up there. She says, that was good, Dad. Boom, 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 boom. Um, she will accomplish more than probably 90% of most preachers will. All she does is take my messages and keep linking them and putting them all over the place. And she's got thousands and thousands of people that hear my stuff because of what she's doing. But I thought, what if everybody did that? What if everybody that was in our church that was on Facebook would go there and link those messages and send it out? There could be millions of people seeing and hearing the gospel instead of a couple thousand here and a couple thousand there. It could be millions of people. And yet, most people are on Facebook, but they're probably not linking things to it so they can get it out. That one four-minute gospel that I did one year ago now has over 13,000 hits on it. That little four-minute gospel. I think that's awesome. Where you do. Look what he says in verse 22. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. And you always think, well, I just want to know what God's will for me down the road what we want to know is, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to get a big check in the mail that you have won the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstake? Or I just won the lottery, or I just won... We want to hear all the good things that's coming to me. Well, that's not what Paul was talking about. Paul was talking about, I am going to preach the gospel, and I'm going to Rome, and this is where I am determined to do. I don't know everything that's going to happen to me, but the Holy Spirit hath revealed... Even to others that I'm in a heap of trouble if I do it. So he says here, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. The Holy Spirit warned Paul, but Paul (laughs) did it anyway. In verse 23, this is a great verse. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city. That means through God's leaders saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Didn't God want Paul to go to Rome? Didn't Paul want to go to Rome? Well, you see, behind the scenes, all this stuff working out, yeah, he gets to Jerusalem, and yes, there's a lot of these problems. Yeah, there's people that want to kill him, and there's people that took him to King Agrippa, and next thing you know, he, he says, I'm a Roman. I appealed to Caesar. So thank God now send him to Caesar. His own luxury liner. Well, it didn't quite make it. But anyway, he had a few little problems here and there. And he had a little shipwreck. A few little things like that happened. But he got to Rome. He got to Rome. And uh, whether or not he got uh, to Spain or not, I'm not sure. I think he passed away in Rome. I think they, uh, they, they killed Paul. But he went there bound. See what he says here. Bonds and affliction abide me. That's not what we want to hear about our Christian life. We want to hear the good stuff. But he knew that what he was doing was going to cause problems. And he's going to get in trouble. And he's going to be in bonds. He's going to be greatly afflicted. So he says in verse 24. Many people use verse 24. We love this verse. Verse. 
Now, we don't want to go through what we have to go through like Paul did, but verse 24 is an awesome verse. Look what he says, and we'll close with this verse. None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. And this is where we get in trouble. This is where the majority of Christians get in trouble. Their life is so dear to them, they think they don't want to waste their life serving God. I don't want to waste my life being a missionary. Waste my life going to Bible college. Waste my life. Wait a minute. How can you invest your life in the things of God and lose? You can't. You cannot lose putting God first in your life. So he says here, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, get this, so that I might finish my course with joy. But if your life becomes so precious to you and what you want to do, and you're afraid of all the things you might have to sacrifice and give up and blah, 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 you're not going to finish your course with joy. Joy, well, it's J-O-Y, Jesus and you with nothing in between. And there's nothing that should... Come between you and the Lord. But you see, if God doesn't mean everything to you, then there's a lot of these things that are going to cause a lot of problems in your life because you're not going to want to sacrifice and you don't want to give up this and you don't want to do this and you don't want to go here. But for the cause of Christ, if you really love him more than anything else in the world, you're not going to mind it. And you'll have joy fulfilling the will of God. And the last part of that verse, he said that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord, Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. That's what it's all about. Going to all the world and preach the gospel. We have been entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our heart. So that's the purpose, and that's what he's talking about, the joy and finishing. If people could only realize the purpose of life, the Christian life. Uh, They were talking in the Bible study yesterday morning and talking about a little bit of um, the Christian life. The Christian life is not a spirit life, but it is a spiritual life. And we'll close right there. This hand represents Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. He came into this world because he loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He took ours. Now he has to die. And he came back from the dead. And God said, if we'll believe that he did it for us, he'd put that payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what he did. God says, for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And when you believe it, he says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. How many of you in here know positively you understand shout out if you died right now you know you have eternal life and you're going to heaven. Let me see your hand. All right, put it down. How many know you're going to hell? No, no, no. <laughs> if you're here this morning and you have no clue, now you just saw a lot of people raise their hand. Is it because they're better than you? No. It's because they have admitted something. They've admitted they're a sinner. You are too. You just maybe not want to admit it. But Christ paid for their sins. But he also paid for yours. And if you want to go to heaven, all you have to do is the same thing that they did and the same thing I had to do. What? Believe he did it for you. If you believe he did it for you, he'll put this payment to your account 
and you get to go to heaven on what he did. That is salvation by grace and grace alone. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you so much for your blessings to us, for allowing us to know these things that are in your word so that we can explain them and share them with others. This is the great time to live. What a wonderful opportunity you've given us. I pray, Lord, your blessing upon each person here and blessing the service tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me